Hello everyone and welcome to Much Better People. This is a podcast created to be alongside you during those transitional times in life, but especially the ones that kick in your ass a little bit more than others. I'm your host Somya and each week I'm joined by a new guest to discuss their loves and losses and the lessons that they've learned from those things that they'll bring moving forward into the future. So I'm really excited to introduce today's guest, Amira. She has a business under the moniker A Brown Girl Recommends and she does everything nails, skin, beauty and hair. Amira is a fantastic, wonderful, beautiful digital creator, I'm trying to make her laugh, who's based in London (laughs) and her tagline is, it worked, um, your Desi bestie sharing what's good. She's a self-taught certified nail artist in natural nails and gel and you can find her on Pinterest where she was also recently on a fancy panel. So Amira, welcome and thank you for coming on the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me on. What a wonderful introduction. I'm glad you liked it. (laughs) Absolutely adored it. Um, I was really enjoying the trying to make you laugh thing. (laughs) Very professional. So with your business, I know you've been working in this for around two years, I think you said. And, you know, it started out as this relatively small business. And I was following you because I knew you and I was like, oh, this is good. And then as the post kept coming, I was like, actually, this is really professional (laughs) show. It's really, really good. And I love it when someone you like makes and creates and curates like a really good brand and executes it really well so um I was going to ask you in terms of obviously your journey towards creating a brand girl recommends that's going to be really interesting to hear about what were you doing before starting that journey were you working full-time and what what did you kind of study and how did you get into your job Yeah, sure. So I have no kind of professional experience in the beauty world at all. I got a master's in chemistry. So I've always been very academically focused. (laughs) Yes, I've always been very... Stop that right there and be like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm casually... So I've got a master's. I've got a master's in chemistry. What the hell, girl? (laughs) It was hard work, let me tell you. And... So I, yeah, I've always been incredibly academically focused and, you know, finished university, did that and then went for the search for a job and I found a job in London as a air quality scientist. So I started off as a graduate and then worked my way up and then as that happened, the pandemic hit and I was initially furloughed and then made redundant. So as soon as I was made redundant, I had all this time on my hands and my love for beauty and skincare, which I've always loved. I've always had a big love for it. I found myself shopping for a sun cream because it was summertime and I was looking at all the reviews on the different websites and I kept thinking, okay, all of these reviews are saying that it's, you know, not um, got no white cast or anything like that. And I kept thinking, but does this person look like me? How do I know they've got the same complexion? Is it going to have a white cast? Is it not? And then I was thinking, I really wish there was somewhere that I could go and people like me could go to find a product and know that it would work for them. And so I had this thought at maybe 3 a.m. on, a, I think it was a Thursday, and suddenly inspiration just hit me in the face. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to make an Instagram handle and I want to call it a brown girl recommends because I want people to know that that's the person they're going to be going to. And my first ever yeah. post was a sunscreen. So... There we are. That Amazing. is that is honestly how it started from literally nothing. 
all the way back then yeah and just quickly because I'm like um what the philistine philistine when it comes to all these <laughs> things which is why I follow you um a white cast what's that for listeners that don't know what a white cast is so a lot of SPFs it tends to be more mineral SPFs have a compound in them that can leave a whitish or purplish tint on your skin I'm not sure if you've had that experience previously but I have had it with a lot even some chemical sunscreens have that tinge on your skin and although a lot of companies will brand their SPFs as universal and white cast free that isn't always the case it's nearly always not the case so when you do find one that is actually white cast free and well goes into your skin so easily it's like a hallelujah moment so I just wanted to tell everyone you know I found this thing it's amazing try this yeah yeah so with um the chemistry masters do you find that helps I mean I've got very little knowledge about what that actually entails but it, I can in my brain I'm making some kind of connection between liquids and skincare and chemistry <laughs> it, is there it any does, kind of connection <laughs> it does in a sense of it gives you a lot more knowledge realistically about how a product works and the different ingredients so obviously after my university I could have gone into product formulation which is where I could have gone down that route of research and development in cosmetics but from a basic learning at university you'd learn about um, obviously the efficacy of products or just you know chemicals formulations and things like that so it just gives you a little bit more knowledge around ingredients and formulation and it also I just think having more of like an analytical mindset makes you understand Mm -hmm. the different products as well nothing is going to be a miracle product essentially so you have to be quite realistic with things which I think also helps me when people ask me for product recommendations yeah yeah definitely and I think also it just gives you you know it is more accredited like it's good knowing that you have studied (laughs) something like that although maybe it's not beauty related technically I hope so. I think it gives you some serious clout. Hey, I'll take you, it. Just stick a doctor on your name. <laughs> that, they, look, that's what it gives me after those four years. I will happily take it any day of the week. Yeah, definitely. I definitely <laughs> think so. And also, you know, studying a degree like that and a master's like that, that must give you some serious balls because um sounds like hell, to be quite honest. Oh, um, it was. <laughs> so obviously this podcast is cent- centers on love, loss and lessons. Um, and those aren't always kind of stereotypical things that people think of in terms of relationships, for example. You know, I can see the love that you really put into your business and the care that you put into it. But I'd be interested to know a little bit more around that loss because you were saying that obviously this was born from losing your job. And at a time which I also assume was even more uncertain because um, it was during COVID, right? Yeah, it was completely a loss. I think like many other people, none of us had sight of what the future held. A lot of people were told you're going to be on furlough. So you say, okay, I understand that. I'm going to get paid to not work. (laughs) Great. And you don't obviously anticipate that you're ever going to be made redundant. So that came out of absolutely nowhere. And I live in London. I'm obviously renting. Mm. I have a whole livelihood. And suddenly I thought, oh my God, my whole life has just changed in the space of a week. I don't have any more, I don't have a consistent income anymore. 
and it was it was quite devastating as uh, but the thing yeah. is obviously I know that's not unique to me I know it was it was devastating for all those people who got made redundant you know it's an absolute awful thing to happen and I'm lucky enough that I don't have a family to support it's just me but still it was yeah. it was my whole life gone you know, that's 40 hours a week you work you work your everything that you put into completely taken away so it took me a lot of time to get to terms with that and obviously at the time I was applying for jobs but the job market was horrendous it was a really really hard time there was not many jobs going and you just send out applications and hear nothing back at all it was so disheartening Mm -hmm. yeah and with that kind of loss and the point you were with COVID were you living alone what was your kind of circumstance were there any other kind of you know things that tied into into that loss Sure. So I moved, um, I actually moved back home, up north, back to my family home, which was amazing. Actually, it was so nice. So that was the kind of silver lining, I guess, of everything. And I think also being at my family home where things are kind of a little bit more taken care of. I have three brothers who are younger than me. Um, and two of them were at home at the time as well. And obviously, we we weren't seeing anyone. We were all just, you know, lockdown friends, chilling out, having fun. And in a really weird way, it felt like my inner child and everything that's tied with creativity became free again in my family okay. home. And that's kind of where A Brown Girl Recommends started because that responsibility of, you know, adult life had completely been stripped away and mm-hmm. I could just be me and that, that younger, yeah. that younger person. Because when I was younger, mm-hmm. I used to, my mom, like I used to have art books. I used to um, draw, I used to paint and everything. And then I just went down the science and math route. So in a way, I kind yeah. of came back to who I was when I was a child, like creating and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I was going to ask, is there anyone else in the home that's creative or kind of nurtured and fostered that in you yeah my my mum is so creative she's the most inspiring and creative person I know and it's a weird one because I really do think I'm exactly you know scientifically and also emotionally and mentally 50% my mum and dad my dad's very much Mm. um he's amazing at maths he's very analytical he's very pragmatic and my mum is super creative like go with the flow see what happens have fun try new things and she's actually a beauty therapist and I grew up with her being a beauty therapist and she had me and my brothers quite young yeah so she had us quite young she essentially taught herself went on courses and really built up her own brand when I was younger so she's very much my role model I saw her do everything and seeing her do everything always instilled in me that whatever I wanted to do was within reach and that was purely from just seeing her absolutely Mm -hmm. kill it which now looking back in retrospect I didn't realize how much she's influenced my life so it's really nice to to come to that conclusion here Shout out to Amira's mum. What's her name? Shout out for Rosa. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's really wonderful as well. Like you were saying, you've got that combination of of those two different types of personalities or people to encourage you. Because clearly you're good at both things. You know, you've got this business around beauty, but you also have this degree. So it's, and, and those things have in some way come together and really kind of helped you and I think made your brand quite unique as well in that in that sense I'm actually really interested as well about the aesthetics of your Instagram because obviously on Instagram it's just thoughts everywhere (laughs) 
it's just <laughs> it's just it's just everyone. I really did it not is. expect it to see it. it came out of nowhere it is it's just dots Instagram dots and hoes everywhere I mean, I'm not complaining I like looking at pretty people girls live your life yeah I'm amen amen live your life not, girls this isn't a derogatory comment no no this we love it some, some good stuff empowering we love um, to see them we do but I also see a lot of people copying other people mm-hmm. and I think one of the things I look for in online and in person it's gonna sound really wanky is authenticity <laughs> because it's quite rare so that's what I really liked about your brand because it's consistent but it's also unique I don't obviously you do similar stuff to other people I've seen other people mm. do nail art and things like that mm. but you really do kind of stick to to what you actually like I think that comes through quite clearly is that something that you've is that a trait you've always had and you've always been quite true to what you know and what you like to be completely honest when I started I didn't know what I wanted to do or where I wanted the page to go I was genuinely just posting things I like to use and that worked for my skin but in terms of consistency and and the the things that I like to put out I initially started with no idea and then I regrouped and thought what do I really want to put out there but it's really easy to get lost in the hype and by that I mean trends everything we do is so trend-led it is at times overwhelming because there's nothing you can put out fast enough to keep up with things that are trending and Mm. I know a lot of creators will try keep up with trends but that has no longevity because you physically as a human being will not be able to keep up with that you will get burnt out and then you'll either take a break for a really long time or you'll quit completely I've seen it happen to so many people. So I decided, I think it was the beginning of this year, that I was just going to put out content that I loved, that made me happy, and I wanted to put out there. So I didn't even think about some things I was posting. I think one day I was just got an iced matcha in the middle of summer, and I thought, oh, I love this feeling when you've got your favorite drink in summer and you're just going for a stroll. And mm-hmm. ordinarily, I would never have posted that on my page because I thought, that's not skincare, that's not a trend, who's going to like this? And I thought, hang on a minute, this this resonated with me, maybe it'll resonate with someone else, like it's just like a nice, cute feeling. And I posted yeah. it and I got so many cute comments of people saying, oh my God, this is me, I love this, like this is my favourite drink, because I obviously I asked the question, what's your favourite drink? And it was just a yeah. really cute thing and I just didn't care about the likes, the comments, the reach, it was just a nice thing that made me smile in the moment and hopefully made someone else smile in the moment as well. Yeah, and in terms of tying the brand together do you map that out I'll be honest whenever I try to keep things consistent I never do mm-hmm. it's like when I try too hard it just never works so I've tried to be more I hate saying this word fluid try to be more fluid I try to be more yeah. relaxed with my approach mm-hmm. so the last few months okay. it's just been more so I always have three things that I try to hit every week which is I think is the bigger mm-hmm. the easiest way to think of it as I always try to do a skincare recommendation or skincare content of some sort, nail content once or twice, and then some kind of makeup recommendation or content relating to that. And that's my kind of niche, those three or four areas, and I just try to hit them every week. And things always look pretty, so I try to make the packaging look pretty, I'll show up close up, 
Yeah. I think the biggest take home point is, like you said, authenticity. And that comes through when you're trying to bring value to someone and they can mm-hmm. really see that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about value. <laughs> let's talk <laughs> <Because> about value. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's something, again, I think there's a bit of a contrast in terms of Instagram to me is not a platform that I think of as being something that reflects people's values but I think some people do use it in that way and again when that does happen it's great because you're seeing something again that's quite fresh and new and you know it's not that kind of um it's just something that's being regurgitated Mm. um in terms of how you wanted to connect with people with this you know with nails skin beauty and hair what's your I guess main kind of point of connection with that so for example if someone reaches out to you and says hey Amira like I really loved this what would kind of make you feel valuable so I actually had someone message me today and it was so cute it was someone who'd done one of the nail art um reels that I posted they did one and they sent they did a post and they tagged me and said um Obviously, this is inspired by Branco Recommends, etc. And whenever whenever anyone tags me in a nail art picture that they've either done themselves or they've had done at the, the salon, it, it makes me so happy and brings so much joy to my day because I have put something out there not knowing what the reception will be and someone has seen it and they've connected with it and it's made them happy. So for me, yeah. the biggest value is number one making people feel happy in themselves and that doesn't necessarily have to be their appearance it could just be feeling like they've accomplished something it's something as small as doing some nail art on yourself or trying a new lip gloss that you maybe wouldn't have tried before because you haven't seen anyone brown wear it and then you saw me and you thought oh Amira's tried it she looks like she's my complexion or similar oh do you know what I'm going to try it and then they love they found something new that they love it's those kind of little feelings that I really appreciate yeah, that's really nice. I can relate to that a little bit. You know, and it's wonderful when someone, like someone reached out to me and said that oh. basically the, the podcast had been alongside them during a really emotionally turbulent time that they're still going through. Um, and to, to hear them, def- I don't know, it just gave me like thrill, a thrill yeah. that like somebody was feeling really low and <laughs> shit and was having a really hard time and they put my voice on. Um, <laughs> but they listened to an episode. Very sexy voice. Um Thank you very much. And um, <laughs> you got to pay for my Patreon, <laughs> Patreon to know more. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, I, and they said that they kind of felt inspired by my guests and myself as well, which was really wonderful. But I think the fact that, you know, even if someone didn't learn anything when they listened to these episodes, which my guests are great, so they will. Um, <laughs> just the fact that they've got something alongside them that kind of helps them feel comforted, but also process, start to process some of those difficult thoughts and... Um, start to move forward so I completely get where you're coming from it's a very nice feeling with this podcast I suppose a little bit of it is about the external I think yours is your brand is obviously about the external because it's about beauty and beauty Mm. is external yeah I mean it's the external kind it is I totally understand what you mean but also we know that the internal and the external you sometimes are 
you can't really separate them and they have such an impact on one another and I was wondering growing up especially I know your mum was a beauty therapist and she's clearly an inspiration and I assume she's beautiful because you are beautiful um and you've got me here you don't need you don't need to say all the night I'm here (laughs) no 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 it's true isn't it I mean I I mean I'm not to be rude or anything but like you you run a skincare and a beauty business like you do need to be good looking um it's the basics of Mira like I'm not even giving you a compliment um she's joking everyone by the way (laughs) she's literally joking um (laughs) what I suppose growing up did you see reflected in your community in terms of kind of beautiful women and and I'm not just talking about the external now but you know kind of women around you because you've got three brothers you don't you know you have your mum but it's quite a male dominated space you know how did you kind of feel growing up did you see yourself represented around you and that kind of thing so my yeah I've got so I've got three brothers obviously yeah it's quite male dominated but I'm also very lucky in that I have um, a beautiful aunt and my nanny as well and mm. they're beautiful like my aunt is gorgeous um, and growing up with her like she was super glam and she's I think uh, maybe like eight years younger than my mom so I spent a lot of time with her and she looked she was like 90s babe like the liner the hair and I just remember like just being in awe of her and how she would get ready in like all the outfits for weddings and things and that is like such a memory in my Mm. mind um and my nanny is like absolutely beautiful as well and she she takes all my family we all take such pride in how what we wear and it always it's just such a beautiful thing in our family and my nanny used to oil my hair and all those kind of practices it's very much taking care of the external but also that helping you feel good internally as well. And that's not to say that you have to put makeup on to feel beautiful. It's I don't think it's even the end process. It's the, it's the whole process of it. It's taking time for yourself. I think at the end of all of this, it's just taking the time to take care of yourself, which comes straight back to the internal. And when you feel like you're taking care of yourself, it just shines from your face. And that's without any of the skincare and the makeup. Mm yeah yeah and I think we were saying before weren't we like sometimes I put makeup on and then I think wow that's weird I don't like it because it's kind of almost highlighting some flaws because I'm probably just not doing it very well it's nice to just strip it back and actually just use a really good moisturizer or you know and always wear a sun cream people always 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 um and (laughs) always wear a despia um but just kind of take it back to basics and actually sometimes just force yourself to accept that what's going on is going on like I currently have three very active spots right now but I'm just it's fine like they're there I work hard I work a lot I don't have time to like put makeup on all the time I don't want to sometimes you just feel like a bit shit Mm. and I think before there used to be more of a rhetoric around like oh but if you know you could like do this skincare routine or you could like do this and that'll make you feel better but actually I'm kind of like a believer in just feeling crap sometimes and just accepting it or just like looking crap and accepting it um <laughs> I quite like that you may disagree you're like no don't do that people because then you won't I was like happens. um okay everyone please um take care of yourself and try and make yourself look good to feel good <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like nah I just feel crap no but <laughs> I think it's, it's very personal it's very personal, it is very personal. It? so for me personally I think I feel empowered is what I'm trying to say yeah of course when I look in the mirror and I'm like oh dear god what's going on there but I still slap on my sun cream and I just leave the house because I'm like fine and I think like you've said you know there is also that real power in 
thinking I'm gonna do something for me and it's gonna make me feel really good on the inside which is kind of what your brand's all about yeah Um, of course so that's really cool and then I suppose the other thing I was quite interested in is thinking about that idea around representation because obviously your brand is a brown girl recommends and that's because you are a brown girl I don't know if you knew that Um, (laughs) and I think it is necessary even now to kind of have those uh, types of representation so saying I am you know a South Asian woman uh, describe yourself as that um and you know I'm beautiful and here's my brand and I've curated it and it's you know it's a really positive space some people I guess might think that's kind of exclusionary in the sense that you are it looks like you're really catering to one type of person but I've noticed like I said earlier with your brand you still kind of have recommendations for others or you kind of integrate like wider conversation Mm -hmm. so in terms of again like kind of not just growing up but in your early 20s and stuff like that were there any kind of beauty bloggers or like people that you admired uh, or necessarily kind of looked at for advice yeah so I was big into the YouTube world of makeup and skincare and one YouTuber I used to love is Desi Perkins Uh, she was amazing I think Mm -hmm. she still makes them now but she was like one of the big YouTubers I always used to watch and she's I believe Latina I think I don't know if that's wrong but um yeah she was amazing and Mm -hmm. she was some she was a person of color and her makeup was just always flawless and I used to watch her tutorials on repeat and just binge watch them all the time so I absolutely loved her and I think South Asian wise unfortunately at the time there wasn't many that I found or could see mm-hmm. it wasn't and you know maybe there were and I just didn't see them but at the time no, I, I can't remember ever looking and finding ever any South Asian bloggers yeah because I found a definite lack of representation in media growing up um, oh hugely and still to this day I couldn't tell you like you know so for example I was listening to a podcast with um Dak Shepard who has one called armchair expert and he basically lucky bastard he interviews like every great actor and actress in america wow. and then obviously also you know people from all over the world so he had like sama Hayekon and then like you know he's had like elijah wood like there's a really big variety of actors on there scarlett mm. johansson etc and his co-host is called monica padman and she's indian but apart from her and i think she's acted she was in the good place there wasn't one interview in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews even now because when I thought about it well there isn't really an Mm -hmm. Indian or Pakistani or South Asian lead in American cinema or British cinema that I can think of no that's genuinely led a franchise or a film or you know has had a really kind of well-rounded intricate complex character that people can relate to and it's not necessarily to do with the fact they're Indian there's a couple of things like Mindy Carlin and you know people I was like literally that. just about to say her and obviously but the that's the thing show. You can, yeah and you can do that because there is so little women yeah especially in comedy yeah. as well Mindy's like yeah. very unique being an Indian woman in she's Indian I love woman. her she's amazing yeah um, she's amazing she's I mean she wrote for the office she's like she's a bona fide genius like she's really funny but I found growing up doing theatre as well I just I'd never saw anybody like Mm-mm. me around no and so 
I think was kind of saying Mira Sayal who is an Asian British actor she was saying that on another podcast obviously I listen to podcasts all the time people <laughs> have nothing better to do to uh, I think it was Elizabeth Day on how to fail she was basically saying if you if you can't see it then you don't think you can be it and that really hit me that really resonated with me in the sense that it's so true and I think people who are represented in media not all of them some of them uh, you know, have really good critical thinking skills, some less so, find it very difficult to know why that's so important. So I think part of, you know, the reason that I really love your brand as well is the fact that you just, you went for it. You kind of didn't let that lack of representation hold you back from putting your product, you know, your kind of product out there and your business and, and your view. Where do you yeah. think that confidence came from or comes from? I think it comes from my mum and dad and how yeah. they've brought me up. They never brought me up with the idea that I can't do anything. They've always taught me anything you want to do, you can do it. And I think my mum, more than anything, seeing her go to night schools, you know, go to classes on the weekends, work on the beauty counter at the weekend and work that way it just showed me if you really want to do something just you know find the means to do it and it's a really hard one because obviously everyone's financial situations are so different and there's obviously those means as well that you have to consider when you want to make things happen and when I did lose my job obviously financially I was completely gone like I didn't know where I was going to how I was going to pay my rent how I was going to pay the bills and so that was a huge consideration and I was lucky enough that I could move home during the pandemic and so when I had that idea yeah. I could just go okay this representation out there for brown girls trying to find products isn't out there so do you know what I'm going to do that I'm going to be that person and what you mm -hmm. just said about um, the Indian actress in Mira Sale, she has said, you know, if you yeah. don't necessarily see it, you don't necessarily think it's possible, which I think, I don't know about you, but growing up, I did not see myself rep represented. And although externally people would tell me, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, internally, did I feel like that? I don't know if I did because I didn't see mm. me. I didn't see people without Eurocentric features on magazines, on TV, in film. Like, you know, I have maybe a bigger nose than Eurocentric beauty standards. I have really thick, frizzy, dark hair. I, you, and that's not represented anywhere. So if all these media outlets are telling you you're not beautiful because guess what? You're not being seen. You're not out there. It does it does kind of have that impact on you. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I came out of it and thought, actually, I am beautiful. And I want other brown girls and people of colour to feel beautiful as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think people quite often look at or look into talking about the kind of lack of representation, but they, they look at it a bit more kind of clinically. But mm. I think when you're a child and you're growing up, and like you said, you see these very Eurocentric models on magazine covers, and magazines were huge when we were at a certain huge. age. Huge. You know, we used to read them all the time. And oh, me too. I guess what I noticed weird because I was always very thin so like I saw my body type represented quite yeah. widely yeah yeah and I kind of did notice the fact that oh it's good to be this shape basically <laughs> um yes I was a sexy child no I'm joking I was just 
a child I was just a bit a 12 a 12 year old had a 12 year old's body but the models also had a 12 year old's body so because <laughs> the 90s they were literally like twigs and Savage, yeah. like seeing that was a very weird complex for me in the sense that I was like okay so I definitely know at this point being 13 14 15 whatever if I stay on this trajectory this is good because this is beautiful and this is desirable but then in terms of skin color I didn't see I can't tell you a, a South Asian model I saw I would imagine maybe there's one or two on runway but I don't even know even mm-hmm. today um and now I purposefully kind of surround myself by that so I do I mean I am into fashion you, you wouldn't think you're looking at this jumper but I am into kind of fashion and beauty and things to a certain extent if it's quite unique and it's interesting and it's you know it's going to get the brain kind of firing a bit and there are some beautiful models South Asian models that I now purposefully follow because mm. I like their style mm. and I really like the trajectory of their career but it's just really nice to have your Instagram feed for example have those layers of representation because you can now choose as an adult but not seeing that is damaging and I think a lot of people don't really want to have that conversation and people I think people need to this is a bit of a tangent but like people need to have those conversations with their children at those young ages um I had a similar experience to you in the sense again growing up never really had a notion well everyone has an awkward phase I guess I never really Mm. was like I'm sure like some kid like called me ugly or whatever, but like I never grew up thinking I was ugly. And my mom is extremely beautiful in the sense that she's like model level pretty. She is beautiful. I can attest to this. She's gorgeous. She really is. Like this is not me just gassing my mom. Like if she was tall and not a tiny little five foot (laughs) short woman, she's got the face and like the structure and stuff of, of like an actual, I'd say like runway model. So it was also really interesting having that represented every day. It was really wonderful having my mum such a confident, objectively beautiful Mm. Indian woman. So I'm just thinking about people that didn't even really have that level of representation. Mm. I don't don't necessarily mean like, you know, every if your mum wasn't that level of beautiful, then I mean as in having a mum that really, truly never wavered. Like to her, it was never a question that as an Indian woman, you weren't beautiful. Mm. at all um and she also was because she's such a positive person as well like in especially in that regard like she'd always build us up you know there's no kind of yeah uh, yeah tearing us down so we were or I at least was very lucky in that sense and I didn't grow up with any kind of real complex about how I looked Mm. but Mm. I think even in that really like nourished environment that was really supportive I still had that message subliminally subliminally that brown skin isn't kind mm. of desired and all the or features that all the features that go with it as well yeah 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 um like I remember painstakingly so, yeah. like straightening my hair with like like every single day frying it to it within an inch of its life because I didn't want people to say oh my god your hair's so frizzy like look at your thick hair like it's so bushy which it sounds so yeah so so pathetic now but when you're at school, it's a completely different story. Like, you can't be bushy hair. People take literally take like make fun of you in the playground. Like children are savage. I even remember with some white friends that just had very very curly hair. Like they would just get bullied for having curly hair. Like children yeah. baffle me. I didn't. Understand. Oh my god, it makes no sense. Like, and now you're older. And I'm like yeah. I, I. One of the things on my page is um, my natural hair because during lockdown, my mum just said to me, Amira, you know you've got naturally curly hair. 
And I thought, Froza, why are you mm. just telling me this now? You've known me for, what, 29 years at this point? Why have you not told me earlier? <laughs> and then we discovered, so I had, yes. like, my hair was damaged. My hair was so damaged. It mm. was completely straight. And I watched, I binge watched YouTube videos on how to get your curls back. And so one of the ways was mm. to completely chop all your hair off. So I went from just above the waist to shoulder length hair. And then I researched yeah. the curly girl method, all of these things. And mm. I'll give you a bit of insight. So you have to essentially use SLS free shampoo, which is sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a, an astringent. Mm-hmm. It's in soap. So you have SLS free shampoo, conditioner, mask. And I did that. So my mum cut my hair. She does hairdressing as well. Obviously, she does. So she cut my hair. <laughs> we, we I did the full curly girl method. And I documented it all on my Instagram. And lo and behold, curly hair. I have naturally curly hair. I have lived That's 20, I, at that point, I'd lived 29 years on this earth not knowing I had naturally curly hair. <laughs> so so now it's the best thing ever. Like I'll wash my hair, I'll do this and I'm, the curls are curling. They're living their best, best mm-hmm. life. And it was something that I literally tried to get rid of from my character. Like I don't want curly hair. I want to have white hair, fi- straight white hair hair like a eurocentric person that's the hair i want to have you know exactly how it's frizz free super sleek that is the hair i want because that is widely recognized as attractive in the western world yeah and i guess even within our kind of community that having that hair is it can be more common amongst obviously some people so then it or even within that circle it's kind of like oh well this girl she's indian but she has that kind of long thick frizz free you know straight hair but but that's just not your genetics so you know it's not me I'm so happy you found your way back to your to your killer hair yeah and now it's become a trend hasn't it like people are realizing that they've suppressed and literally completely just changed their natural process because of these more eurocentric standards which is straight hair you know and it is um kind of that sleek like you were saying like no frizz and and it's really interesting because, like, I was born with really curly hair. And, I mean, if I blow dry no my hair... No way! Yeah. So, my hair is basically blow-dried. Right? No one can see me. I don't know why I'm explaining this. But basically, the blow-dry, it goes straight like this. Like, completely straight. Not really much effort. But it's really weird because my hair is actually very wavy. So, again, it's not the curly hair method. I'm not trying to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> but I'm very excited about this. Come join so basically I went to my hairdresser and I was like would you say my hair's straight he was like no it's wavy and I was like what I thought it was straight this whole time had the same kind of conversation although it's not as dramatic because it's just wavy but it really made me laugh my sister's girlfriend came over for dinner and she sh- saw me like they were at the door and she saw me through the little window I was coming to the door she was like you were walking with some confidence <laughs> and then she was like and then I saw it like the shag <laughs> I was like yes because I basically got like <laughs> layers put in and was taught that I need to just dry my hair upside down and scrunch it mm-hmm. with this like cream thing he mm-hmm. gave me and it yep. literally went from what I thought was yep. naturally straight straight hair to yep. like I have actual bouncy wavy hair and I was yep. I was shaken let me tell you I was like yeah, I have been yeah. denying myself of this beautiful your true self hair. your true natural true self. self and it feels really nice actually in a, in a way that I didn't quite expect because it's never been something I've been con- very self-conscious about or in, or anything or really noticed but then when I did just kind of listen to the hairdresser and do it 
I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. And it feels like me, it feels really natural. Um, I love that. And it's, and it feel, yeah, and I felt confident. So that was nice. I think people always say, you know, all these things are always like, you know, they can be perceived as surface level. But the yeah. connection between that surface level is that the effort and the hours that you have to spend changing something that is your natural self to this other thing is taken away and you can just be who you are look how you're supposed to look and feel so beautiful for it that is so rare to just Mm. be your natural self and feel naturally beautiful when society is telling you you need to change x y and z because this is what's trending right now this is what's really attractive right now and when you can say no i'm Mm. gonna be who i'm gonna be and that's beautiful yeah yeah definitely and I was going to ask as well, when do you feel kind of most beautiful? Um, so there's many different points when I feel most beautiful. When I've got a fresh pair of nails mm-hmm. done, painted, I feel like the baddie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, yes, come to me, please. <laughs> try me, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. That's when I've got like my, my, bad, my bad bitch energy. And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. I also, I adore makeup. I absolutely adore makeup. And I feel when I've done like a full face I will feel beautiful but when I feel most beautiful is when I've done my skincare got my SPF on and I've just washed my hair and it's dried and it's all curly and I just feel Mm -hmm. beautiful like my skin's glowing the hair is curling she is who she's meant to be (laughs) (laughs) she is who she's meant to be I like that amazing so from all these discussions and just to kind of reiterate what you said these things might seem surface level but look how animated like I got for example like it really kind of makes you feel excited to think about things that you can do to look after yourself but also recognize the parts of you that are beautiful and like you said growing up haven't maybe been represented and I suppose thinking about that over your lifetime or especially in the last 10 years what kind of lessons have you learned generally from some of the losses that you've experienced and you know kind of creating this business and all that kind of thing you have anything to share um about that they don't necessarily have to be practical it can also be things you've learned about yourself sure one of the biggest things for me is that when situations occur that make you feel like it's the absolute end of your world as you know it there's going to be a huge positive change that is going to come slap mm. you in the face And it's just a matter of time. So if you're going through something that is painful and your world is completely changing, be patient with yourself, be consistent, show up for yourself every single day. It doesn't have to be in a big way. It can be small things like making sure you eat well every day, that you're hydrated every day, that you're taking moments for yourself and you don't know what's going to come around the corner. You honestly, you do, you don't know what that small action that you do every day is going to lead to. So that's my biggest lesson learned. And it's something that I still struggle with all the time and have to remind myself. But looking back on my 31 mm-hmm. years, now 31, my birthday was last week. Yeah, looking back on my 31 years of life, moments where I thought my world was ending, I've come out the other end and it's been the best thing to ever happen to me. So hold on tight. It's going to be 
it's going to be worth it. It'll be a wild ride, kids. It's going to be a wild ride, but it's going like, to be worth um, it. I like the passion that was in that. I felt Thank like that you. Was very, very natural. I was speaking but, straight to um, you. You, yeah, you were speaking straight from that. Um, <laughs> and because of that, I'm going to hold, hold in, hold on. And again, I think that's something that's been reiterated. Maybe not, obviously, not in those words, but doing these episodes, mm. shit's going to happen. And mm-hmm. some of it is going to be actually very, very difficult to move through, but. I think, yeah, that's a really great lesson to share. And as long as well, as well, I'd just like to add, you know, if you've got the the kind of tools within yourself, mm. so you need that foundation first, you then learn from those experiences, like you said. And, and at that point, one of the things I've taken away the most from, for example, the breakup that I went through was that if something like that was to happen to me again, which would be quite uh, statistically rare, I would assume. I hope so. Um, well... Um, then I know I didn't before but I know now that doesn't I'll get through it and I'll be Mm -hmm. okay and eventually Mm -hmm. I'll thrive which has happened now so Mm -hmm. hang in there no matter what your situation is you you will get through it it might still hurt but it'll hurt less and also I think I'll really like the thing you said about the kind of a positive thing will come from it and it'll be usually quite an unexpected thing because I assume this business wasn't something you thought no you would get from being made redundant i never thought this would ever happen in my wildest dreams and it's really weird to think of now because i was speaking to my mum about this and she said that when i was younger and i do actually have a memory of this you know how like you'd play pretend and play dress up and things i apparently used to get her handbags and take pieces of paper and put them in the handbag and pretend i was a businesswoman and go to work and it's such a touching thing because i had no idea about this memory and then when everything was coming through for my Instagram my mum said to me one day you know this is what you used to play out when you were young when you were young that was your way of playing pretend was you pretending you're a businesswoman going to work and I used to set my teddies up on the step like I was going to the office (laughs) it's just so funny (laughs) so I used to do that then and I've always loved skincare and I always thought oh this would be cool to do one day maybe wild dreams and it just came into my life crazy I mean you were manifesting before it was cool Oh God, yes, I'm, oh God, that's so funny. Um, but yeah, it, God, stop it. <laughs> it's because that shit is driving me crazy at the minute. Like, I can't I bear it. it. I cannot if bear it. For you. I, if it gets I, you through I, the day, you do you, but I can't This, could be, a, this could be another podcast episode. <laughs> I, I do I do think that what you put out into the, into the world, into the universe, you, your energy as a person, you get back. If you're a good person. Yes. And you do good and you treat people kindly. I would hope that good things will happen to you in return. That's... Yeah. And one of my other guests called it, like, she said, you make your own luck. You make your own luck. A hundred percent. I love that. That's it. Yeah. Because all those little incremental things add up and Mm. you get them back generally. Shit must happen to you. But um, the sphere really makes me laugh. So, well, thank you very much for coming on. I think we've... It's been really fun and we've covered so yeah, much. Yeah, it's been great. Um, and I think, of, yeah, and I think or hope, I hope I've got a real sense of kind of who you are and your journey and, and your business. So you, I'll let you say your social media stuff because I'm terrible. Um, but I know obviously <laughs> you're on Instagram as a brown girl recommends and everybody recommends has one C in it. Um, not two. I'm going to pretend that, not two. And I knew that the whole time. So... That's all good. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, what other um, social media stuff do you want to share? 
So I'm also on Pinterest, obviously, as a brown girl recommends. And TikTok as well. I don't spend as much time on there, but maybe I will in the future. Who knows? But if you want daily inspiration, content, Instagram and Pinterest are your ones to watch for. Amazing. Thank you. And then the podcast is a Much Better People podcast on Instagram. I gave up on Twitter, everyone, because I had four followers and I don't understand it at all. Twitter's Um, another world. I would never. I thought you could legitimately just have contact directly, as in 100% guaranteed to be read contact with any celebrity or any person on Twitter. Not because, like that. Because um, I'm stupid. Um, and it doesn't work like that. You don't get a response immediately. Um, and you can also email me on muchbetterpeople uh, at outlook.com if you want to send anything over or discuss potentially being a guest. So thank you very much for listening and thank you again, Amira. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.